Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is the podcast where you and I explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self-expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. Please send through your comments, questions, and topic suggestions to info at nickybush.com. Don't forget to share the Win at Work and Life podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too. Today's podcast is actually a really special podcast because I have got a very special guest. She's not only the Deputy Head of Broadacres Academy and the Head of the Junior Prep Grade 0-3, but Tammy Letcher is also my sister. We've both been sounding boards for each other during this COVID-19 lockdown period. We spend many hours talking about where things are going and how disruption is changing the face of education, a teacher's role in the education of children, as well as the role that parents are now having to play as their children are at home and being educated remotely. So if you work out that our voices are incredibly similar, it is because we are related. Tams, welcome to Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. I'm so excited to be able to have you on air today. And we really want to discuss some of the considerations that need to be taken into account as the government and the Department of Education are working through different scenarios of how we are gradually going to get learners back into school after the lockdown and, of course, maintaining social distancing. We know that it's not going to be everybody's back at school on one particular day. It's going to be a phased-in approach, and there's so much to bear in mind in terms of child development where are our children at? What about learning gaps? How are parents going to cope? And I guess, are we going to get through the curriculum in 2020? Uh, so maybe, Tams, you can just start with perhaps explaining to our listeners, many of whom are parents, what is their role? Are they supposed to be replicating the school day at home? Okay, so absolutely not. Um, I think that any school that is worth their salt will know that we absolutely cannot try and replicate our school, our classrooms on a daily basis in people's homes. It would be grossly unfair of school teachers, school management teams to expect parents to do that. It would be completely ridiculous to actually expect that because parents, first of all, are not qualified as educators. We are the educators. So that's the first thing. Second of all, this pandemic comes with so many different layers emotionally for families. So people are stressed. People are panicked. Uh, some have lost jobs. Some have had to take salary cuts. Some don't know where the next meal is coming from. So now to add that pressure of trying to create a full day of school in homes where people are sharing devices, uh, parents are having to host their own meetings on Zoom, on Teams, on whichever platform their companies are using, and then having to share a device with their child who needs to be going online. These are all the new realities that 
parents face, and I'm a parent myself, I have a, a daughter in matric at this point, so I face my own challenges. So I absolutely have the heart of a parent as well as knowing the stresses and strains that educators are going through at this very, very uncertain time. So first and foremost, not to try and replicate school in your home and not for the school to expect that at all. I think the second thing that I would touch on um, as being very, very important is that if parents' emotional well-being is not where it needs to be, and let's face it, we are all challenged right now, we are feeling stressed, we are feeling strained, um, our children feed off our emotions. They absorb our joy as much as they absorb our stress. And so they will mirror what we are feeling. And so we've got to be very mindful as parents in our homes that we are not giving off negativity all the time because our children will absorb that. So emotionally, I think that is the pivot that actually everything works around. So if the emotional stability isn't there, we're not going to achieve anything from a distance learning perspective anyway. Um, but from a parent perspective, to try as much as possible within the madness that we find ourselves in, to stay calm. You can't have calm and stress together. And as much as possible to stay calm and to be supportive of your children in that space, it's new for them as well, as well as the fact that you need to be supportive of your child's teacher and the school and what they're trying to do. I think parents need to also understand that as much as their reality is new, so is the reality for teachers in distance learning very, very new. Tammy, in a way, what we're looking at in terms of schools is that you're having to reinvent yourselves under extreme duress on the run. In effect, you are a little like startup companies. Are you not? Absolutely. No, we are. Um, you know, education as we knew it, contact time every single day as we knew it, changed in the middle of March. And we literally found ourselves in this space of the unknown. And particularly in, I'm talking from a junior prep perspective, we know that our little ones learn primarily through play, through hands-on experiential learning. Distance learning is so the antithesis of that in so many respects. Yes, there are platforms where we can engage like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, whatever it might be, and then to use apps within that platform. But it's a very different experience than having face-to-face -face time with children, which is what they thrive on. And they thrive on those experiences that are project-based, inquiry-based types of of activities where they absolutely get involved and get stuck in through their senses and learning is activated that way. Now we're in a situation where remotely we are having to deliver learning, we're having to completely reinvent the way we think about education, learning and teaching, and we are having to reevaluate the way we do things and come up with creative solutions. And if I can just say one thing, that I would stress to all schools, and I know that so many are doing this, but what we're missing, both adults and children alike in this pandemic, we are missing that physical connection of actually seeing people, being able to touch people 
and reach out. And you talk about next your high tech and high touch. We are missing that high touch right now, that environment. And in a junior prep phase, that is just such a huge part of our connection with our children and establishing and building relationships. But just as much so, adults, parents are missing that too. So in an online learning space, in a distance learning space, we have to create as much connection as possible with the children in our care. And if that means that every single day, apart from videos that are uploaded of new concepts and teaching, we actually need to take the time to meet with those children and engage with them so that they actually see us, they hear us, and that they know you're still important. You still matter to me. I value you and I love and I care about you. And this is the way right now that I can show you that from a distance. So it's that whole together apart mentality. Yeah. And that together apart thing is such a weird concept, isn't it? Because we're trying so desperately to stay connected, but it's not the same. And you mentioned how, especially in that junior prep phase, every learning experience has to be real. It has to be tangible. It has to be concrete because that's how children make sense of the world. It has to mean something to them. And this is a massive challenge to take that online, to reinvent what teaching means. And I, I know that teachers are missing their children, are missing their learners so much. One of the key reasons why teachers become teachers is because they love that face-to-face -face interaction with children. I've done so much work over the years with schools and with teachers, and what's become really apparent to me in, I'd say, the last five or six years is how important the interaction between the child and the teacher is every day because children have been actually spending more more waking hours with their teacher, particularly in the junior primary phase, than they actually do with their parents. And parents need to bear that in mind right now, that that continuity needs to be maintained because it's been part of a child's emotional stability to this point. And making sure that your child sees your teacher as face-to-face -face as possible online, as often as possible, is key to their mental and emotional health right now. There is a whole school of thought around less is more and with regard to managing to get through the curriculum this year there's a big question mark as to whether you will get through the curriculum. How much curriculum trimming is taking place? So I think I'll just I'll touch on that from the perspective of of the junior prep because that's obviously my core focus right now. And we know how vital it is in those foundation phase years, which really in some schools is from grade naught to three, in others it is from uh, grade naught to two, and others it's from grade one to three. So regardless, those foundation years are where the conceptual knowledge, the foundation skills are laid. And they are obviously your building blocks on which everything else is built. We always talk about the fact that without a strong foundation for learning in that foundation phase, it's impossible to build the walls of the house. They will collapse if those foundations are not strong. So obviously you're that is part. You're indicating that um, those foundations won't be strong if there are learning gaps. Absolutely. And that must be the fear right now that 
it's one thing to do distance learning, online learning, while you're consolidating skills that have already been taught. But now we're moving into new territory where we're starting to have to introduce new concepts from a distance. And as you say, not having the cues from face-to-face -face contact with the children to know who's got it and who hasn't must be extremely challenging. Absolutely, it is. Um, you know, we at Broadacres Academy, obviously from the um, from the date in March, I think it was the 17th of March, where schools were officially shut after President Ramaphosa's initial address to the nation and declaring a state of national disaster and a state of emergency, we went into this sort of state of right, what do we do now? And our approach being a fairly new school, uh, we actually decided on um, learning packs that were created, very comprehensive learning packs that were created for each different grade across the school. We go up to grade five at this point. So right the way through our prep school from grade nine to five, amazing and brilliant comprehensive learning packs were actually put together in a matter of three days. And parents came in and, and fetched those and worked through those with the children whilst the teacher remained very active on the WhatsApp platform, whether it ha uh, was through messages, links, extra things that were sent out, videos of the actual teacher, um, reading a story to children, doing an actual lesson, sending just a little voice note to, to allow children to, uh, to hear her voice or his voice or whatever it might have been, just to keep that connection. And working with parents one-on-one -on -one and children one-on-one -on -one where that was needed through those three weeks. And we now find ourselves in this holiday period, which is so not a holiday, because mm -hmm. we're actually on a learning curve that is perpendicular right now, working full days, probably starting at eight in the morning. And I've had many days where we're working right the way through to six o'clock at night, just because we are in this state of needing to learn so much new stuff, how to operate on different online platforms, working different apps within those platforms so that learning can continue. But within that space, we still know that nothing can replace that face-to-face -face teaching time. And it is a huge stress in every single teacher's mind right now is what are the gaps going to be? And so we are making the most of a horrible situation and I think we are actually doing an amazing amazing job teachers across the world have come up with creative ways of being able to allow learning to continue and I think what we've had to do as educators particularly in our phase of education in the JP phase is look at how do we trim that curriculum so that children can still get to where they need to get to by the end of this year not knowing when we are going back to school. And yes, we're going to hear from President Ramaphosa tomorrow night, and I gather there's going to be this phased-in approach. But regardless of that, we still sit with the situation of what do we leave out and what do we still include so that those children are not disadvantaged negatively as they move on to the next grade, because we don't want to lose the school year by any means. Our first priority is to make sure that those children can be where they need to be. So just with that in mind, um, you might be uploading a lesson of a new concept onto a platform like Teams or whatever it might be that your school is using. But that's not enough to actually see where children are at. 
how do we still assess children during this time? Because we can't throw assessment out. We still need to continue assessing. So apps like Zoom, where you can have a Zoom meet or a WhatsApp video call one-on-one -on -one with children is actually the way that teachers are going to have to go to see where those children are at. Those children who are needing learning support, we need to provide that for them. We need to give them that scaffolding to hold them through this time so that we don't lose them, so that when we get back to school, there isn't this massive regression of having to reteach everything and losing all of this time that we are trying to make use of right now. So we've got to come up with different ways that teachers can still reach out to children and meet them where they are at, because we know that there are so many levels in a classroom and we've got to differentiate our learning around that. So the job of teachers right now is enormous. It's massive. And I guess turning real live lessons into online lessons is such a different skill. Uh, it's not what you were trained for. Uh, it isn't what teachers were prepared for, although we've been talking about online platforms for a long time. We've been talking about blended learning experiences for a long time. I guess this has now just speeded up the disruption in the education industry uh, to such a degree that there's probably no turning back from this. There is going to be some kind of a hybrid system moving forward where there will always be an aspect of online learning and hopefully still a large dose of face-to-face -face interaction with children in the real in the real world uh, in the classroom back at school but how important are things like assemblies sport uh, you know all those things that hang around what we call the essentials so numeracy and literacy we know those are the key core essentials in education. Uh, what's happening to the other subjects, life orientation and art, and how are you handling assemblies now uh, in, a, in a virtual space? And are those things still important? They are still important. And I think if you know anyone who knows anything about education knows that all of those other aspects that you've touched on now are part of a holistic education and that develops the whole child. And right now, we find ourselves in a situation where because of the pressures and the strains that parents are experiencing, being at home 24 seven, having to operate their businesses from that space, as well as the fact that they've got to now homeschool, or I don't like to use homeschool because it's not the same, but having to do learning at home, for want of, of better words. Um, they find themselves in, in a situation where they are bogged down and overloaded. So what we've had to do, and it goes against our brain completely because we are very much about holistic education. We've had to actually say to parents, whilst we will provide online distant learning experiences from a perspective of physical education videos being sent, um, activities around design and technology, art, music, drama, et cetera, et cetera, all of those add-ons that make for a very rich curriculum. We've had to actually say to parents that your focus needs to be on those core areas of English home language, so your literacy component, your mathematics or numeracy component, and your life skills component. So that those three main learning areas in our JP section are where our core focus is. However, 
within Teams, we have an optional folder where all of those other subjects have a place and parents can go there if time allows. We have encouraged them in our communication to do so because children cannot just sit and look at a screen all day and not have movement breaks, not have time to go out into the garden and hopefully there's a tree to climb or a jungle gym to, to climb on or mom and dad can do wheelbarrow races or something that just engages children physically because they need that balance. If we've had to take the pressure off parents to say, this is optional because we know where you're at right now. We're in the same space. Many of us have our own children that we are having to deal with and do home learning with. So it's, it's such a balancing act because the importance of it is it has such in, um, important value. But things like sports matches, uh, assemblies, that type of thing, those are also such crucial factors in a child's education. And that has gone out of the window right now um, from a face-to-face -face point of view because we haven't been allowed to be in our institutions. But certainly from an assembly point of view in an online space, whether it is something that is recorded, that is sent out, or whether it is something that is where children are act actually there in the background in a live session, there are opportunities for that on online platforms. And as a person who runs assemblies weekly, that is my time, not having a class of my own, that is my time where I can reach out to children and I can connect with them and I can teach them valuable lessons. I can go, you know, from a, a moral point of view, um, talking to them about belief systems, talking to them about growth mindset, whatever it might be. That is my platform that I use to engage with those children and get a message out about the values that we hold dear at school. And that is a space that I think is, is actually very, very important moving forward, that not only teachers are connecting with their classes daily in live sessions, but that weekly heads and deputies who are in that assembly space need to step into that space. And that's a, a way of staying connected to your school community. What I'm hearing you say is that to a degree, we need to try and keep some kind of routine. If children were used to having an assembly on a Friday, then parents need to, if, if the staff are providing some kind of an online message at that time, and I know that's something that you've been, been doing, is creating a message as if you were doing a form of assembly, but in a different way. Children are used to that little dose of inspiration, that dose of leadership at that time of the day on a Friday, for example, or on a Monday, whenever it is that schools do it. And if parents can honor that. If it's still being offered even online, parents need to honor that. Because children we know work best when there is structure, when there is some kind of routine. But picking up on something you said uh, about the fact that our children are doing school at home, it is not the same as homeschooling. If parents are actively homeschooling, they are responsible for selecting the curriculum and delivering the curriculum. Doing school at home still means that you are connected to an educational institution. The school is prescribing the curriculum, is trimming the curriculum, is guiding the parent on how to 
help and assist their child in working through what is being given, it's not the same as homeschooling. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's an important distinction that we need to make because people are, are using the term homeschooling and it is so vastly different to learning at home, which is what we are doing right now. And as you've touched on, we are still in charge of that process as a school or schools are still in charge of that process, which is very, very different from homeschooling. And yes, there is a responsibility of a parent in this role to be available, especially with our little ones. Our little ones cannot be expected to navigate their way around these kinds of platforms without assistance. And we do need our parents to be involved. And that's a challenge because they may have a meeting that they have to be in at the same time as the teacher wants to meet them. And within that space, both the teachers and the parents need to be flexible. In essence, what we're saying is that as a parent, you are not your child's teacher. You are a guide alongside in this process. And we need to see some strong and committed partnership between parents and teachers to hold the space for our children to learn as effectively and in as calm a way as possible right now. And not expecting that we are creating a carbon copy of a school day. It's a version of the school day. And I hear from so many teachers uh, now that all these channels of communication are wide open between parent and teacher just a little word of uh, or just a request really to please um, please understand the teachers have a personal life too and they're working under extreme duress very long hours but to be phoning teachers at 10 o'clock at night just doesn't cut it. We wouldn't do it in normal times. I think people are kind of losing track of time at the moment. Uh, but we do need to respect the teachers also need to get their rest and gather their strength and have their wits about them to deal with what's coming the next day. Because every day for a teacher right now, as it is for a parent, as it is for a child, is a new place. We have never been here before. We are being surprised on a daily basis about just how much we are learning and how amazing we are being on these new platforms and with these new tools. But our learning curve, as you said, right at the beginning is perpendicular, it's vertical. It's the same for me right now, taking my speaking business completely online. We're all having to learn new tools, understand our environment and have a lot of patience and tolerance and respect for each other. That we're all in the same storm. We're all experiencing the same storm. We're not necessarily all in the same boat. And being mindful of that, that not everybody has the same situation and circumstances. So that must be really difficult from an educator's point of view that there are vast differences in households. I'm thinking of devices, numbers of devices, number of parents who are at home, who's working, who's not. How does that play out for you? How do you take all of that into account? Without a doubt, I mean, everything that you, you've touched on now uh, forms part of our, our new reality as educators reaching out to parents and children in their homes. And I think the the face-to-face -face school space was a much simpler option. And having had many, many meetings with my staff over the last four to five weeks uh, remotely, 
uh, we've discussed the fact that um, our day has no boundaries in it any longer. So from knowing that our school hours, we would arrive at school by seven in the morning and possibly be sort of leaving school at sort of three, four in the afternoon, and then being able to put school behind us for a short time in the afternoon and then possibly picking it up again in the evening to do preparation for the following day, there were sort of set blocks of time that we could sort of categorize our day into. And that has disappeared from our world as it has from the worlds of all our parents. And so the boundaries have disappeared. And I think there are many blurred lines. People have lost track of time. I know myself, I'm going to bed later at night. My sleep patterns have been disturbed. I'm dreaming vividly. I could never seem to escape school because it is always on my mind. And everybody has a reality for themselves with regards to that, with their own work life, their own personal lives and their challenges. So we're all in this together. And I think that is the message that we as a school are trying to get out there is that this is a collaborative effort. This is not us versus you. This is us with you together with your child to make this work with its challenges, to be flexible within that space, to be mindful that we know you've got your challenges, but we have ours as well. We, most of us are parents in our own home with our own children. So I think within that space to actually reach out to parents and say, okay, this is not a perfect situation. It is what it is. How are we gonna move forward from this to make this work? I have a teacher who's got a one and a half year old little puppet who is going to be climbing all over her while she's busy teaching. She doesn't have extra help. Her hubby's working as well. There is no domestic worker to assist her. Engage, reach out to those parents and say, you know what, this is my reality. I'm gonna do my best for you within this reality because I care about what I do here. I love what I do and I care about your children. But please work with me. If you can't meet a live session with me, I'll make a plan to have a one-on-one -on -one with your child. So. I think each situation and each teacher has its own merit and each family have their own challenges. We've got situations where in some um, cases, the only device that a child has in the home is a smartphone, not a tablet, not an iPad, not a laptop, not a, um, a home computer. We have got to try and reach out as much as possible to those individuals. And yes, it's probably 10% of our school population but those children matter and they count. And if it's providing data packages for those who don't have uncapped Wi-Fi, it's being sensitive to the needs of our families out there. And we can't win every battle, but as much as possible to show our families that we are committed to this process and meeting them where they are at. And it's challenging and it's demanding and it's draining and emotionally sapping because we care. But as much as possible, we're trying to go there with our parents. I think it's just a remarkable time in history right now. As I said earlier, we've never, ever been here before. But we are all discovering just how resourceful we are and how teachable we are. And as long as we stay empathetic with each other and sensitive 
to each other. Uh, and it, it goes both ways, as you were saying, teacher to parent, parent to teacher, trust your child's teacher, trust the school that you have put your child in and work, try and work together. That's, I think it's about keeping the child in the middle here and getting, creating the best environment for our children right now. It is not perfect. It is messy. It's full of holes. And it's going to be like that for a while. And I think that's what part of my message here today is to say to parents, lockdown will end. We're not sure 100% when. But when we go back to school, it's going to be a phasing in process, just like parents going back into the workplace. It is going to be a phasing in process. This whole process could take two or three months before everybody is back in some sense of normalcy, as in how it used to be. And even then, it's not going to be the same as it was before. And we have to keep our minds very flexible and agile and open to the surprises that the future is going to bring to us. Because if we actually get fixated on a specific date, on a very specific outcome, that is when we get ourselves into mental and emotional difficulties because that's when our expectations get dashed on the rocks. So from my side, I want to leave a message with parents to be seriously flexible, be open to the fact that we don't 100% know, but we're all doing absolutely the best that we can to adapt and adjust to the situations. Um, and as you said, everybody's situation is very specifically unique. What I'm seeing is, and what I'm hearing from you is that there is an aspect of your job where you're having to customize education for each child, depending on their situation and circumstances. You're talking about having a WhatsApp call, but you would have done that in the classroom anyway. You would have customized face-to-face -face as you went along. Now there's that time lag and that's, that physical distance that means you have to almost make a point of it instead of it being on your way. You would have just assimilated and adapted your lesson and your teaching to the individual child's needs as you saw them cropping up in the classroom. And now you're having to sit down and go, well, I wonder if that child's really getting it. Maybe I need to make a call uh, and find out how that child is doing or speak to the parent and find out how they're doing, which leads me to say that there seem to be many more steps, which is why our workday has become so much longer because there are many, many more steps in getting to an end point. And that goes for a parent who's at work, because I know from my work, I'm, I have a longer day right now, a much longer day, as teachers have a much longer day. Tam, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close off uh, this podcast? Um, yeah, I think it's it's been really, really good to touch on these things. I think for me, more than anything, is that we have to look at this as let's be united. Because if we are united in this, as a parent-teacher team, the child is going to come off at an advantage, not a disadvantage. And I think that has to remain our focus, is that whatever we do in this online space, in this distance learning space, needs to have the child at the, at the fore, 
all the time. And if we keep them as our focus and we make decisions within best practice of, of teaching, I do think that there is a lot of good that will come out of this. It's easy to harp on everything that is wrong, everything that has changed, to look at all the negatives of a situation that could crush us. But I think it's really a matter of attitude. And when I say that, I speak from the attitude of educators and the attitude of parents in receiving where teachers are coming from. And being a parent myself, I think that gives me credibility in both of those spheres because really our reality has changed dramatically over the last four to five weeks. And I know you've touched on so much in, in all of your, your writing and your, your podcasts out there is reframing this new reality. And I love that because we cannot go back to what it was before. It's never going to be what it was before. Even when we go back to school, physically going back, it's not going to be exactly the same. Our reality has changed significantly. And we've got to embrace that. We've got to take those challenges and change them into something positive. And there is so much positive that I know has already come of this and will still come of this. And our reality moving forward, as you said, is going to be a hybrid of the online space together with our face-to-face -face teaching time. And I do think that is the way of the world. And this has almost forced us into that space that obviously high schools have gone into long ago. I mean, high schools have been doing Google Classroom at, and all of that type of thing for a very long time. I know having a daughter in that space, it's, it's a normal part of school. And for me, what it does, even with little ones, is it actually allows them the chance to be in charge of their learning, to take responsibility for their learning alongside with their parents. And I do think that the value of something like that cannot actually be equated right now. We will only see that in time to come. But I do think we've got to embrace this and take it and make it into something amazing which it really, really can be if we change the way we think about it. And it's not easy. It's not a science. And we are not going to get it right every time. Just like you said, it's going to be messy. There are going to be days when things work and things do not work. And that's okay because better to have tried and it fails than to not have tried at all. And I think that's my attitude moving forward here. I love the positive spin you've just put on it because we are looking at a world of new possibilities and new opportunities, but just using junior primary speak here, it feels so like we're all in the sand pit and we're playing with concepts and ideas and we're mishmashing things together and we're being creative. And I, I really do think that we've opened the door to a completely new way of thinking, a new way of being. But Tams, you have taken 45 minutes out of an incredibly, incredibly busy time, a busy day. And I really do appreciate you giving us your time, sharing your thoughts and your expertise. And Gosh, I have so much respect for you. I've got so much respect for the teachers who you lead. And I have so much love for the education profession. I really do, because they are co-parenting 
raising our children together with us to future-proof our children for this very, very new and disrupted world that we're starting to, I think, come to terms with that, you know, I've been talking about this with my books, Future Proof Your Child. The first one came out in 2008. The latest one came out in 2019. And Throughout those books, we've been sketching how the world is going to change and the magnitude of disruption coming our way. What we're seeing now through COVID-19 is a fantastic illustration of how accurate some of the possibilities we have sketched in those books have been. And nobody can say it's not going to happen now. We've had, we are having a first-hand experience. On that note, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush. Please send your comments and your questions and any topics you'd like to hear about to info at nikkibush.com. And don't forget to share the Win at Work and Life podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too. Until next time, stay safe and stay at home.